Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tonight's show is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. Come to our showroom at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins and find out why we say everything cars made easy is not just an ad line, but a way of doing business. Online at petersontoyota.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Get the best in Las Vegas barbecue at our original location, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, or at your next Allegiant Stadium event. M-Drive, you're never too old to start building lean muscle mass or help your immune system. Go to mdriveformen.com and see which of our specially designed products is for you. By Topgolf, our all-weather facilities mean you can practice your swing or learn how to swing a golf club 12 months a year. Find any of our coast-to-coast locations at topgolf.com. Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations serving the freshest Mexican food, including the all-day breakfast burrito since 1995. Metro by T-Mobile. See one of our store locations for details how to get a new 5G phone free when you switch to Metro and trade in an eligible device. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey in a world-class city. Black Bear Diners. Bring your appetite as we serve up home-cooked meals with a smile at any of our uniquely styled restaurants all over the West and Midwest. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better, nationwide or worldwide. And by the NCHC and nchc.tv. Watch all of the action from the league's eight teams. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. Um, Scott Strandy with you tonight from Scottsdale, Arizona, on a Tuesday night where there was a big, big hockey game that pertained to Arizona State University that just completed. My co-host out on Long Island, New York, I know was locked in in his basement, 10 feet below sea level. Uh, Paul Hornstein, how are you tonight? Uh, I actually watched the game from sea level tonight. Uh, Wow. Wow. Breaking news, folks. (laughs) I I decided to hang out in my um, in my bedroom and I hooked up the laptop to the TV and wow, you were expecting yeah, a big one, uh, ASU uh, against listen, Northeastern, I, and what a big win for your Sun Devils! Well, listen, uh, all I can say is I was texting people during the game, and we were all wondering the same thing: where was this team on Friday and Saturday? Uh, <laughs> or they, they weren't, you know, they weren't there. Uh, what happened? You know, where? You know, who kidnapped them and made that team show up and? And and how did how did they get loose and have the real team show up tonight? I don't I I, I it, it, it all I could think of was was posting pictures of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde because I mean, holy smokes! I mean, I'm going to give you one word, Paul Hornstein, parody. No, that well, whatever. I mean, 
I just anybody I, I beat so, anybody well, on any given listen, night. And you and I about, talked about this yes, before yes, the Sun we Devils did. went to Boston. You know what we, we said? We said, is Boston going to want to have a little chip on their shoulder and, and try to put Arizona State in their place a lot like a la Minnesota does every time the Sun Devils play them? Um, is that chip going to be there? That chip was there, Paul. It was there. Drew Camesso wanted a win coming back from uh, the disappointing uh, World Juniors that ended abruptly, and uh, that team was fired up to play hockey. Uh, well, I'm not I, saying I, Northeastern gonna... wasn't, but I think ASU was better tonight. Well, what I saw was a much different brand of hockey tonight than I saw over the weekend. It was a much more aggressive ASU team. It was an ASU team that got the puck out of their zone. I mean, Northeastern had their moments too. Don't get me wrong. The first period was a fun period. The game was back and forth, and there were some power play goals for both teams, and uh, even though Northeastern was only really on the power play for about 20 seconds because that's how fast they scored their two power play goals. Yeah, they don't need much time. <laughs> they, they did not that, need that's a prolific, lot of time. that power play. Um, uh, I will say this, and, I, and I've started to have this discussion now with people, not just about ASU. And when we get the coach on in a, in a, in a few minutes, he can – he can confirm this or he can say that uh, it's my imagination. That's up to him, you know, because he's watching a lot of games too. Okay. Uh, what I saw tonight was ASU shooting the puck, A, with bodies in front, and we know that what, what, that you have to do that. But they were also shooting the puck low. Creating rebounds and second chances, and and goalies go down so fast now. It's become second nature. The puck goes in there. The puck comes into their zone. And I'm not just talking about ASU goalies or whoever they're playing. I'm talking all goalies now. Go down so quickly. Yeah, Dare you well, to shoot high. And I, having to be more precise, shoot low, create rebounds, create second chances, grind it up in the front of the net. That's what still wins hockey games. That's what still wins playoff hockey games. It's just like running the football in football. Okay, The formula, despite the fancy offensive playbooks and all this other nonsense, is still the same. Run the football, stop the run. Same thing in hockey. Throw the puck at the net crash the net, create rebounds and second chances, create traffic in front, and get your goals that way. Now, yeah. ASU got some great shots off tonight. Yeah, yeah that's with, what I was just going to say. With yeah. screens, by the way. Right, using but... Using defensemen as screens, with guys in front, there was traffic in front of the net. There was traffic in front of the net, and the shots came from inside the dots. They didn't come from outside where you ring the boards and send it out on a two-on-one the other way. They came from inside the dots, Colin Tyson for sure, uh, inside the dots, getting good looks and getting good shots. So anyway, we'll get back into that a little bit because we got a great guest coming on again tonight. Uh, he's a repeat appearance, the head coach at the uh, Alaska Anchorage Seawolves program. 
coming back with a vengeance next year. I can tell you that right now because all you have to do, Paul, is look at their website, look at their social media accounts, and find the guys that are coming to be a Seawolf next year and, and years in the, in the future. And you see the schedule that's being built, and you know Seawolf Hockey is going to be back and bigger and better than ever. So let's not wait any longer. Let's bring on the head coach from Alaska Anchorage, Matt Chasby, with us. Matt, Scott, and Paul with you tonight. First of all, thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy man, but um, how are things up in Alaska right now? They're, they're amazing. Uh, we're going to be able to bring our second head coach or second assistant coach on board here. He's going to fly in Thursday morning and uh, the three-headed monster will be complete, but uh, think, things <laughs> could it. not be better up here, up in Anchorage. Love well, it. Yeah, I, I, I actually saw, I, you know, trying to do a little bit of research. Um, I, I saw the uh, fact that you guys uh, hired a second coach, and I guess we're going to get the third one here, like you said, this week. So uh, time to get to work, right? Work yeah, absolutely. Week. And it's, you know, and he's and, – it's been one of those things. It's been a couple, you know, month and a half, two months in the making of, of him joining our staff. It just, we, we had to kind of logistically with the situation he was in before, we just had to kind of make it work for everybody. And he's chomping at the bit um, to, uh, to get after it. And it's going to be a big day for us Thursday to have all three of us together and, and kind of go over the players we already have committed, uh, create that depth chart, and then create our target list for the rest of this year, for sure. Coach, let me throw this out there. Um, it, it's a couple-headed monster, if you will. I was over and had the opportunity to watch the New Mexico Ice Wolves play, and one of the guys mm -hmm. that caught my attention um, way back in September in the NHL mm -hmm. uh, showcase was a guy by the name of, you know who I'm talking about, right? Right. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gomez there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anyway, I had a chance to sit down and visit with him, and I thought – this kid is so good on the ice. How good is he off the ice? Wow. Uh, I don't know if you've seen my video yet, but if, if you haven't, get on uh, YouTube and see it because what a class act. I mean, you're getting not just a great hockey player, but you're getting a really, really great kid as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's start it off by talking about that and talking about how this recruiting has been going for you and your program. You know, I mean, that was that was our goal from the very beginning is to, to get out there and go find those 20-year-old um, – Guys in junior hockey, they're in leadership roles within their teams. Uh, guys that are going to be very appreciative of the opportunity to, to get an opportunity at Division One hockey, and you know, and then you do your your background, you do your research on each of these guys, and you really target the ones that you feel like you can build and begin a program with. And um, Alex, for me, was our first commitment, our first signing, and it was a no-brainer for us. Once you know, once you have a couple conversations with them, like you did. Uh, and then you watch you watch him play. I mean, it's shocking to me that uh, he's available for, to us. But I think it's uh, you know it's gonna, he's going to be a huge piece to our puzzle from the very beginning because it's not very often six four centermen that can think and, and play the game uh, are available. And uh, on top of that, like you mentioned, he's an incredible kid off the ice, and uh, we're, we're extremely happy to get to call him uh, a sea wolf. You know, and then from there it was. Uh, you know, playing fantasy hockey and building that hockey team with uh, <laughs> yeah, I love you know, that. <laughs> you, need, you need defensemen that can run the power play. You need defensemen that can kill penalties. You need defensemen that are uh, kind of have that you know steady Eddie back there that we can just rely on night in and night out. And then your forward group, you, you know, you need to build 
top two lines that are skilled. You need that checking line and you need a fourth line that can create havoc and, and chip in uh, here and there and, and kind of be your character line. So, you know, you create that, that ghost roster and, and hopefully you can find guys to fill out that roster in a variety of different roles. But, um, you know, you know, coming into the game when we did and, and really focusing on just 20 year olds and junior hockey, um, you know, I, I feel like we're able to find most of what we're looking for. And I think we're coming into college hockey at the, the perfect time, kind of the perfect storm with uh, the COVID years that have taken place and universities getting that fourth or fifth year of eligibility. And so there's a little bit of a backlog in college hockey. So a lot of these 20 year olds that would probably taken off the, be, be taken off the board in years past are available. And um, myself and, you know, Coach Murdoch, or, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're the benefiting from the current climate of college hockey. And now it's, uh, our focus is going to be, like I said, once, uh, coach Stewart comes on board, uh, on, uh, Thursday, it's going to be make that target list for the available players in college hockey. And then it's, uh, hopefully that transfer portal is going to be kind to us and, and we can kind of round out and build the, the other half of our team from that portal and, and staggering some classes is, is, is the ideal situation. Well, oh, you, coach, just hold, hold on one second, of, Paul, because I got to follow this up with and, and put you in tears right. here. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Co- coach, uh, my co-host is an ASU alum, and uh, I know there there were tears flowing when he saw Carson Kosabud uh, decide mm-hmm. to transfer and become a Sea Wolf. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's one of those things where uh, I think the kid was looking for more of an opportunity to be in a lineup and be in a lineup consistently, and obviously he's going to have to come here and earn it. And uh, but you know couple of good conversations with him and he's excited to be a Seawolf. He's actually here now. He's one of two kids that we pulled out of the portal that decided to move up to Alaska and go to school, work out, skate, and kind of just get acclimated to what we have to offer. And they're going to kind of be two of our guys come this fall. We'll, we'll be the only two guys come this fall that have actually uh, gone to class, skated here, worked out here. And so they're going to have to be uh, – you know, they're instantly put in a, a leadership group uh, right away just with the experience that they're getting this semester. So we're very, very fortunate that Carson decided to come join us this semester. Yeah, well, you can't blame anybody for wanting to play. And no, right. my, my, that was kind of going to be my next question is how many kids do you have on campus now? Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of answered that with the – Yeah, just uh, two. Well, are you sure it's two, Coach? Because I, I think it might be three. <laughs> yeah, you might have to fill me in on the third one. Well, doesn't he live with you? Or at least he did anyway. Uh, didn't you sign your son or is he not on campus yet? No, no. He, uh, <laughs> you're, are you uh, allowed to talk to about him? I mean, it, it is family, right? I, I don't want to put you in trouble with the no, NCAA. He, so he actually, no, I mean, he, he did commit this past week. Right. Um, he's, you know, a 17-year-old playing in the North American Hockey League. Okay. And he he actually committed to Western Michigan. Okay. And to uh, Fershweiler and, and to Herder over there, it's um, one of those things where uh, that that's an incredible staff with an incredible resume, and uh, you know the logistics and the you know the potential issues that you I think you deal with with the father son uh, relationship, especially a new program where it's. Would I have loved to commit in my own son uh, as you know one of my first commits for him to come in in a couple of years? Absolutely, uh, but just I think the outside looking in, or, or, or you know, most most 
guys that have been at Division One programs, their, their kids usually don't come play for them because you're running into to. the – it's the same thing in youth hockey, right? I right. Mean, no, I get put, it. You put your kid on the power play and everybody's just automatically assuming, you know, he's Never just putting his own kid. Yeah, he's playing his own kid. You know, right? I, I know. I get it. So I, I coached you know. him for eight years growing up and uh, – I heard it then, and the last thing I want to do is hear it as <laughs> at the university level of keeps putting his kid on the ice. And, uh, no, I, I totally get that, and, and 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 the conversation went in a little bit of a different direction to start with here than I expected. Yeah. I was going to ask you about it eventually. Sure. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've seen situations where um, it, it's kind of worked both ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it – you know, I also, you know, seen a lot of not just hockey, but sports mm-hmm. in general. When when uh, when kids have coaches for father, they usually tend to think the game a little bit differently or right. much deeper mm-hmm. than the average player because it's what they've grown up with their whole lives. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's been one of those kids that I've drugged to every uh, coaching event that I had. So when, I, when he was, <laughs> you know, he was – when he was born, I was playing pro hockey, so he probably watched 45 games every year sitting in a seat, just, you know, just mesmerized by, by the rink uh, the first five years of his life. I mean, he, he's, he's watched more hockey than most, kids, most people have in their entire life. So, uh, And then when it came time to me coaching youth hockey and coaching older teams, I brought him on every single road trip with me. Uh, and so he kind of got to be – the number one fan of whatever team I was coaching. And then kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you live that life of the coach's kid. Like you said, it's, it's, it's part of your world from basically every waking moment. If you're not playing it personally, you're at the rink watching and you know, your dad's team that he's coaching. Okay. So, so let me ask you this on the other side, that's your roster that we're talking about now as you start to fill that out. But there's mm-hmm. also another side, it's called the schedule. And, uh, I know, uh, the UNLV folks made the announcement uh, at New Year's Eve, and mm-hmm. uh, they're thrilled. They can't wait to come up there. Uh, they can't right. wait to have you come to Vegas. Uh, how's the schedule building going? Well, I would say that we're tentatively uh, locked into 33 of our 34 games for next year. Um, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's uh, that's yeah, really good so. at this point, right? Yeah, it's it's gone um, – way better than I thought it was going to, you know, when you go into this thing and you talk to previous staffs and you talk to other people around college hockey, you know, they're, they're letting you know that, Oh, I don't know if you're going to get any games or you, you guys might, you guys might want to wait till 23, 24, cause nobody's going to play it. You know, we're of those 33 games we have scheduled 27 of them are against division one teams. Four of them are against uh, ACHA teams. That's the three UNLV and one Liberty. And then we have two games against Simon Frazier. Um, who again is somebody that is uh, having those conversations uh, about Division One hockey within their their own walls, and so we're going to play them as well. So that's that's kind of the makeup of our 30, 33 games right now is twenty seven four and two, uh, and so we're incredibly excited about uh, the t- schedule for twenty two twenty three for sure. And I just want to say that I find that uh, ironic that the only Canadian member of the NCAA. Right, doesn't play NCAA hockey. It's just yeah, isn't that incredible? Though it's just weird. Yeah, seems like that would be the the go to sport where you'd have BC kids just pouring <laughs> into their 
instant okay. instant credibility and, and player pool like nobody else has in the country outside of the mission you know you don't even have anybody to compete with you just have no. every bc kid just wanting to <laughs> knock down your front door and go live in burnaby <laughs> let me let me ask you this um as well coach because as you're building that uh, that schedule and i talked to coach powers about that i said is this a really bad time if such a thing mm. is possible to be an independent because the the parody in college hockey is so good and uh, I kind of mess around. Paul hates it when I do it, but I mess around with a magic number. I look at the end. I started it with ASU because I said, as an independent, I think you're going to have to win. We all know it's a pairwise, but I think you're going right. to have to win X number of games if you want a shot at the NCAA tournament. I said this year uh, ASU would need 23 wins. They need uh, 10 more uh, as mm. it sits right now. Um, do you think this year, next year, the year after – with all the parity, that it might be more difficult to make an NCAA tournament as an independent? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're basically looking at it as, you know, if you are scheduling those 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 bigger divisions, the NCHCs and the, the Big Tens, and if you can get games against them, like you're lucky to, you know, you're lucky to split with those guys. And it's, you know, and the variety of opponents that you have to play to build out that 34-game schedule. Um, you know, a lot of them on buildings you've never been in. Your kids are all over the country. Uh, and then you got people coming to play you that, you know, maybe you've never seen before and your kids aren't, you know, aren't familiar with. So, you know, if you're an independent and you can split on the weekend, I think that's, that's a successful weekend. And then for a team like Arizona State who's, you know, looked at having already made the NCAA tournament and the expectations are so high, um, it's just – it's amazing um, that they made it before – you know, and, and like you said, it's it's incredibly difficult to not have, a, a, you know, a conference tournament to win and you're in, uh, to be able to build a schedule that's strong enough and then to win those games with the variety of opponents that you're playing to get into that tournament is incredibly difficult. Coach, the, 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 as, as you go and get ready to start next year, mm-hmm. um, how many players do you think you'll carry uh, right. on your roster? And uh, obviously you have to have more freshmen coming in and first-year players coming in than at least we know about. Um, right. What do you expect to have the ratio be of uh, newcomers and transfer mm-hmm. players? So we're, there's plenty of them in there. Right. So we're looking to go lower numbers this first year, and the guys that come in are going to play. Right. You know, and, and that freshman class that comes in, they're going to develop uh, and they're going to play as, as, as much as possible. And then, you know, you're going to have attrition from that freshman class. It happens every year in, in every program and especially up in Alaska where the kid realizes, like, I didn't realize where I signed up to go play. And, <laughs> you know, and the, you know, we're all over the country. We're on the road for 40, 50 days out of the year and you know, everything that's going to go into it that first year. Um, but we're looking to probably get 12 to 14 players in that freshman class. Okay. You know, and there, and there could be more. It's all going to be based on uh, what that portal brings. And we're hoping to get 10 to 12 players from the portal. Uh, and again, in, in, in a perfect world, you know, we're looking at something like, you know, four grad transfers, four seniors, four juniors, four sophomores, and, you know, that gets you to 12. Right. Um, and then you have, you know, your 12 to 14 player freshman class. So 
that's what we're hoping for. The portal is not going to be, uh, you know, obviously those kids that enter that portal for the most part are probably going to be looking to move to uh, established programs that are, you know, the bigger programs, the better players, right? They're, they're looking for those, those opportunities maybe at a, 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 you know, we're such a unique fit for a kid to want to move to. Uh, really what we have to offer is money and we have ice time. Right. You know, if, if that's the two things, and we have an incredible college hockey experience of living in Alaska and uh, everything else that we're going to have to offer t- uh, to a transfer. Um, but, you know, so if you figure the top 20% of the quality of players going to find a home somewhere, whether it's in the Atlantic or it's hockey East or it's, uh, you know, one of the, the, the bigger conferences. Right. So if you take that 20% out and then you're now you're looking at, you know, the middle 40, you know, a uh, quality of player, you, you know, if you can get three or four out of that, that, that pool, you know, that that's big depth for us. And, you know, hopefully it's top six guys, top six forwards, top four D from that pool that can be leadership guys and hopefully they're upperclassmen. Uh, but there's just so many unknowns with that portal and it's going to be, you know, again, every morning that we walk in uh, or I walk in, it's the first thing I do is check on it. And um, there have been a couple of kids that have trickled in there, but it's just, it's nothing that, you know, we've, we've contacted every single kid that goes into that portal and, and we let them know what we have to offer and what, you know, the experience that we have to offer. And it's just a matter of, you know, uh, most kids are going to, you know, they're, they're waiting to see what else comes their way. Uh, but, we're hoping this spring is when, you know, the seasons begin to wind down and kids realize that maybe the opportunity is not there anymore and they're looking for other, other opportunities. We're going to, we'll be there with open arms. And again, we have to try and build that team, you know, those 12 to 10 to 12 guys. And and again, for us to have money coming back into the program, scholarship money, we need to stagger those classes. We we can't, but if we get stuck with making a 20, 20 player freshman class it is what it is so right well, <laughs> we'll the, the the, the qu- right because this is going to kind of be the year where that glut has to kind of break through right mm-hmm. between the extra year and the guys aging out of juniors this is going right. to be this the spring and the summer where all those those bodies are going to be out there yeah totally you know, right. and it's and it, we've had a lot of conversations with a lot of teams in college hockey that have have, have are experiencing that um, that glut, and it's they're like we're, there's there's going to be three or four guys that I know 100 percent won't be coming back. You know, so we just have to uh, build good relationships with with those 20 year olds and maybe some O2s, some 19 year olds that we can kind of keep on the line. That if the portal isn't as abundant as we as, it, as we're hoping. Uh, they're, they're willing to come here. And then if, you know, we do have 10 full rides uh, that we can divide up towards those transfer kids, you know, those, those upperclassmen are going to get a lot more money for sure. Well, let me ask you this question as a follow-up. Do coaches get a hold of you, not players, but coaches and say, Hey coach, I think mm-hmm. I have a guy that, that would be a good fit for you guys. Um, and, and, and he, you know, he's, he's looking for another place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that happen? It has. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it kind of just entered into a conversation where maybe we're talking about other things. Right. Um, and then they'll say, you know, we, we do have a couple of kids that, you know, might be interested coming your way. Would you like me to, you know, 
offer any any advice or any sort of information that I can pass along to those kids come the end of the year. Um, you know, but at the same time, those those kids get to make those decisions, and that's part of the the scholarship that they sign up for. And you know, but yeah, I mean, that, those happen. And another big part of it is you know the, the relationships with advisors across the country too, and letting them know of of our current situation and how interested we are in transfers. And those are conversations between players and advisors uh, about the opportunity up here in Anchorage. Coach, let me ask you this uh, a little bit off the transfer portal, but, um, you know, I've seen a lot of junior hockey recently, the USHL, NAHL. Uh, I'm having a hard time differentiating anymore between the two leagues. It used to be there was a there was a there at least a noticeable difference, but are you mm-hmm. seeing that same thing, that NAHL product is getting better and better? I think so, yeah. And, and you know what? And, and what's happening right now, the, NA, the NAHL's product is going to get significantly better with – the Canadian players that are beginning to pour in yeah. so just within the, just within the last week and a half um, those Ontario leagues, the OJ and the CCHL, those leagues that are shutting down the top players and the top 20 year olds off of, of, of all those teams are going to be pouring into they're pouring in the NCDC uh, and, and as well as the North American hockey league. So both those leagues are going to get significantly better when you get uh, you know, 20, good 20 year olds spreading out throughout the league and going to certain teams. So I would, I would agree with you that you could probably take the top five North American league teams and they would be a great hockey game against uh, the, the bottom five USHL teams. Um, you know, and they did play exhibition games this, this past fall against each other. And those games are very competitive games. Obviously those rosters aren't full USHL teams or full full North American league teams, but um, you know, the the base and the pool of players in the United States and North America is, is just continuing to grow. But and then you also get your um, your large group of Swedes, the twenty year old Swedes that come to the North American League looking for scholarships. Where if you go through a North American League roster, there's two or three twenty year old Swedes on almost every roster, um, and so that increases the talent level of the North American League. And you know, there's just the restrictions in the USHL, and they're only being sixteen teams. Um, with their 20-year-old restrictions and import restrictions and, and things like that, that you know, the North American League just benefits that much more uh, from those rules uh, with not having limits on 20-year-olds and not having uh, you know, a couple other restrictions. It's, uh, the North American League is, is a very, very good hockey league now. Let, let me ask you this too real quick if I can. You kind of hinted at it with what's going on in Canada and how restrictive they are. We saw it with the World Juniors, but um, mm-hmm. you're on the other side of Canada from where we are. <laughs> what, right. What's it like in Alaska? I know you're under uh, uh, U.S. rules, but uh, how yeah. is the COVID situation in your state and in your program? And let, let me just throw out something. I talked with uh, um, uh, Coach Mayotte at Colorado College, and he said one of the things that was – uh, a bit challenging for him this year. Right after break, Colorado College instigated a, uh, a rule, I guess, mm-hmm. that if you wanted to be on the campus for spring semester, you had to be boosted as well as double vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had to be making decisions with players. Players had to make their own decisions, whether they're Canadian, American, whatever. How are yeah. things in Alaska? We're similar. I mean, it's we have a COVID testing station outside of uh, our offices here, and the things about hundred cars long by 8 a.m. every morning. Um, so COVID is, is, is alive and well in Alaska. Um, we also, you know, university policy coming out is you, you also need to be boosted. Uh, 
within a certain time frame of your second shot. If you're not there, then you're not considered fully vaccinated and you need to get that booster shot or you succumb to uh, testing. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, the rules are changing weekly uh, with the increase of, of COVID across the country. And then Anchorage is definitely seeing and, and being impacted. Alaska is being impacted just as much as anywhere else for sure. Coach D, uh, you, your buddy's uh, is it a few hours up the road north there? I think it mm-hmm. is. Uh, they have a lot of they have a lot of Europeans on their roster. They do, yeah. Um, do you see yourselves going that way nearly as much, or are you trying to focus on 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 uh, North American players first? We haven't thus far, but the, um, Coach Stewart here that comes on board Thursday, he has some connections uh, in Europe that myself and coach Murdoch do not have. Uh, and I think he's definitely going to tap into those, um, to tap into that market as much as we can. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice to get that European skill and the European hockey IQ mixed in with your team. Uh, it's never a bad thing for sure. And so we are going to make a pretty strong attempt to establish some roots, whether it's in Sweden or Finland, uh, you know, and, and or other places over in Europe, to help round out a roster, I'd say I don't know for next year if it's if it's too much to ask uh, for twenty two twenty three, but we are going to make it a pretty uh, strong attempt to tap into that market as we move forward. Okay, so so let me throw this at you. I had a chance to visit with Coach, Coach Largen uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Paul and I had him on the show, and then I happened to see him when when they were in Denver, and uh, they had just some travel nightmares. Uh, I hope. That that uh, changes a little bit before you start, but um, oh, yeah. are you guys prepared for uh, for travel nightmares again with COVID or or yeah, uh, flights or weather and all that? It's incredible. Like we've just living in Alaska up here and the difficulties, and then Seattle had that that winter storm there. There's there's families that went out for Christmas break that still aren't home to Alaska. Oh, my goodness. There's, there's a there is a hockey family. They went out to a tournament uh, over Christmas break. And they were told they weren't going to get home. It was probably like a Saturday. They, they were told we couldn't book you on a flight till Thursday. They went out to a local car dealership, bought a Suburban, and drove it up the Alcan. And they got home in two days. Uh, so <laughs> That's a the, great car sales pitch right there. Yeah, if you get stranded it, with COVID, just come buy a new Suburban. <laughs> it is. It's incredible. So uh, it's, it's, you know, obviously the distance and the isolation is – is always something to deal with, but um, lack of uh, flight crews and weather, and, it, and you toss it all into one. I mean, you you can be stranded for over a week to ten days in Seattle or wherever you're at. Another friend of ours was in Phoenix. Uh, their flight got canceled out of Phoenix. They said they could get on a flight out of Vegas the next day. They drove to Vegas to get up. Uh, they get there, that flight's canceled. They book another flight out of Phoenix. They drive to Phoenix. That flight was canceled. They end up spending a whole extra week <laughs> just traveling back and forth, trying to get on a flight home. Uh, so, you know, fingers crossed. Are you crossed, sure they're not Phoenix residents over. right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Change your driver's license. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a reality. And, you know, if you, if you don't have to travel right now out of Alaska, you don't do it. And that's kind of the conversations Alaskans are having. 
just because of the nightmares that have taken place. And if, and if at all costs, if you can skip Seattle in your travels, um, I try and do it as much as possible. Uh, whether it's direct from here to Denver, direct from here to Phoenix, direct from here to Minneapolis and Chicago, and then you spread out from there. Um, that's definitely going to be considered as part of our plans just because of the issues Seattle has during the winters and then throw COVID in on top of that. It's just that much worse. Are Seattle winters that bad? No, it's just, it's incredible. Like every, yeah, it's, there's something about the ground crew and everything else that goes into it there. You, you'll board your plane and you'll sit on it for two hours before it's even your turn to take off. They just, it's just painful to fly through Seattle during, uh, during the winter. There's just something about it. So uh, I was try not and aware skip of this. It. But Alaska Airlines, unfortunately for us, which we're going to do a majority of our flying on, and we head out east three times next year, is the typical flight is Anchorage, Seattle, Seattle, Boston okay. um, with Alaska Airlines. So if we only have to do it three times, fingers crossed, uh, <laughs> COVID is, is a much less monster and, and the winter and the weather's good there. So, Well, let, let, let me put it to you this way, Coach. It can't be any worse and I tried to get to the uh, frozen face-off last year for the NCHC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you couldn't even get to Minneapolis from New York. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, without I, – if I wanted to go, I'd have to spend 12 hours in Atlanta. Yep. Or Orlando. <laughs> or Kansas City. No, I, I just uh, so if, if it, I don't know if that makes you feel any better or not, but yeah, it does. <laughs> Coach, Definitely I just does. get in my I just get in my car every other week and I, yeah. and I drive twelve hours from uh, from Phoenix to Denver and call it good. <laughs> no, that's I got, yeah, huge jealousy there of jumping in a bus or a car and actually going somewhere besides. Uh, Fairbanks is is, uh, is <laughs> definitely appealing reason why to live in the lower forty eight for sure. Um. On, a, on another track, um, you have been very vocal uh, mm-hmm. between our show and, and some of the, the media stories that I've read, um, trying to drum up other programs in the West Coast. Right. Um, how receptive, you know, and you don't have to give us specifics, but right. um, how receptive have those conversations been with people have they gotten to the point yet where they're like you're you're wearing us down or don't talk Mm -hmm. to us anymore or somewhere in between or (laughs) yeah yeah i mean so i think everybody's still everybody's excited everybody those schools that you talk to um they also you know the coaches obviously want to make the jump because you know that's 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 a no-brainer Right. It's just a matter of um, getting a little bit more organized amongst our group. And if we can get enough of us um, to uh, kind of come up with a little bit of a business plan of creating a conference and, and how it can look to these athletic departments and their border regents and the university and, and why they need to have it uh, participate in it and what it can bring to the school and, and all that other good stuff is, is we're all kind of having those conversations of what do we – what do we need to do to build that conversation to make it convincing? Um, but I think it's going to take a couple of years here to get enough of them on board uh, and then to have enough events 
a little bit of evidence for their programs and their athletic departments to make it, yeah, you know what, this makes sense for us. We're excited about it. Let's try it out. Um, you know, and those conversations, you know, and, and if you get somebody big like Oregon to pull the trigger, um, then, and you get somebody like UNLV to come with them, you know, we're all, you only need six teams right. to have that conference and to qualify for the national tournament. So, um, I, I, you know, I would say it's within a three to five year window of to convincing those teams. It's going to take time, you know, with Oregon making the switch and building their new rink and then playing ACHA division one. Um, and then looking maybe to play us in 23, 24 to help that hype. And I think we, you know, it could increase and shorten their, their window of getting it done. Um, but you know, and I think the Kraken are going to have to be a big player too in convincing a local team, a local university to, to want to make that jump and to grow hockey in the Pacific Northwest. But I think Oregon will be a big one. Um, you know, and UNLV is, is, is a, a program that has an incredible hockey base that's growing every single day. Uh, it's just a matter of showing, I think, the university the numbers and, and convincing that university that they can make it work. Well, but, I, I'll also ask it this way because uh, I've seen some of the stories about Oregon, mm -hmm. and uh, we know because we spoke to the San Diego State coach that they've gone through the feasibility study. We we, we are very familiar with UNLV. Yeah. Uh, we know Augustana is coming in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, we also uh, – some of us are convinced, and I don't know if I'm one of them yet, but because – Yeah, that would be me. That would be you. <laughs> um, about a certain team in Missouri. Lindenwood yep. University. Um, so there are changes coming mm -hmm. in college hockey. Um is, is this something that you've uh, met with and, 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 and had understanding of when you talk to people? Yeah, it is. And, you know, you know, the more people I can get thinking about it and spreading the word, whether or not it's a hundred percent true or it's um, a reality, you know, in most places, I think you still just need to get people talking about it. You need to get you know, the more people you have mentioning it, the, the university can kind of be like, Oh, wait, this is like the 10th person I've talked to in the last week that have said we're switching to division one hockey. Like maybe we should consider it. Like there's a, there's, you know, there's a base out there that, you know, supports it. So, um, you know, I think again, once my staff can fully come on and I can walk away right. from <laughs> so much recruiting right. uh, and building the team early, I can now focus my efforts more towards uh, the business side of the, of the job. Uh, and the growing of the sports side of the job and really just um, things that I really need to, to transition over to. Right. It's um, just a different kind of recruiting, right? Right. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's uh, coming up and, and kind of getting organized on my end and, and having information ready of uh, quickly if those universities need to ask for it, whether it's uh, looking at budgets or it's other costs. Um, but, you know, when you, when you throw conferences into it and you throw, you know, start to come up with some different ways to, to, to make money within the conference and alleviate some costs and, you know, just the whole, the whole package of it, you know, there's, there's, we just, we need to get that organized and I need to get with some of these coaches and, and ask them what they need and what they want for me and then be ready for them when they, when they do ask for it. 
Coach, it's a good time for me to bring this up then because uh, I've had conversations with Paul and and uh, we talked about, I think it's time to add Alaska schools to our coverage area. Uh, so uh, Coach Largent said maybe we need to just call it Ice Time Hockey West. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if yeah. we go that route, are you on board with us? Oh, 100%. <laughs> that's, that's an easy one for me. That's going to be, uh, consider us in for sure. We, we also chatted about maybe we need to get a conference uh, started and call it like the Pacific Coast Hockey Conference or something and, and mm. get you. And I, I talked to the coach at San Diego. We have Riley Orr from Oregon coming on my club hockey show tomorrow night. Awesome. And, uh, and San Diego State is really revved up. I mean, they, they really want to go D1 ACHA. And then in a couple of years, like you say, maybe make that right. jump. And we know where uh, University of Arizona is now with that new building, which is going to be a revenue producer for them. Right. Um, there's a lot of good things happening out West. And I think you're right. I think the next five years, um, things that we never thought were going to happen might happen. You know, and that, and that also goes back to the player pool of, of the quality of the, of junior leagues across the country is whether it's the North American league and it's, or it's the NCHC or some USPHL teams and, and then all the can, different Canadian leagues, there's enough kids to fill these teams and to create good quality uh, a good quality college hockey product. Like you said, the parity uh, and, and you add all those other teams into it. Those teams are all going to be competitive with each other right away. Uh, and you know, and you, you get a couple of the bigger ones once they get their feet established, like what kids not going to want to go to San Diego state or to Oregon or, yeah, you know, exactly. all, all of a sudden this, there could be a potential talent shift to the West pretty quickly. Uh, just with the climate and the university academics and, and everything that goes into these this West Coast division, um, you know, there's it's, the talents there, uh, and, and I think the teams are gonna can be there. And, uh, and like you said, three to five year window, the conversations you're having around college hockey could be significantly different. Well, then it's official on our show. Uh, you guys are going to be part of our coverage area next year. So Beautiful. Um, expect to have Alaska Anchorage and uh, Alaska Fairbanks as uh, part of who we talk to on a regular basis. Awesome. And you, and you got an eight-game eight series between the two of us for the Governor's Cup that are, it's going to be pretty – There you uh, go. I hopefully, love it. I hopefully it's a my, competitive I, moment. I got to book my flight now or should I just drive? Drive. <laughs> you would get here first <laughs> if you just jumped in the car. Uh, I, Coach, I am I am all for being there in October and yes. maybe early November, but the rest of the season I'm going to San Diego. Don't take that personal. Uh, I, I do just, not. I just Scott is the cold weather guy in this group, and it is yes. not me. Um, no. Here's something. Uh, well, once again, we'll switch it up. Uh, I, I don't. I am reading this uh, from an interview. I guess you did a few weeks ago. Uh, mm. You had an engineer on campus. Um, yes. How did that go? Very well. Tell us. So, so I kind of had an outside guy who has a history of, of, of athletic facilities and, and, and we walked the campus together and, you know, we had, we had a, a feasibility study study done in 2019, uh, of, of some pretty significant limitations to the building right. and what they can, what they could come up with. And it was really a study that shows, um, the, the limitations of the building. Like right. if you, you do this and you, you know, the building can only, it's a building that was built in 1977. So, um, you know, based on structurally and all the other stuff that's going to go into it, here's what it's going to cost you. If you put in a 2,500, turn it into a 2,500 seat arena. Uh, and then 
you know, I walked, walked the grounds with somebody with some fresh eyes, you know, and he, he gave me a lot of new ideas of what we potentially could do. Uh, and then actually this Friday will be the official uh, initial walkthrough with the athletic department uh, with the same group that did the feasibility study in 2019. So they're familiar with the building. Uh, and I've created a, an ideal uh, rink of what, so spending a lot of time with that 2019 study and knowing the restrictions and then walking the grounds with the other guy of me creating the rink that I would, I want to see built uh, right. here on campus. And if we come to the conclusion on Friday that we just cannot uh, meet the means and, and the desires of what we feel we need as a hockey program, then we have to move on to plan B, which would be a separate standalone uh, new facility. Uh, and the, the goal is, is to have it ready for that 23, 24 season and to just get it done right now, not okay. do the song and dance of, you know, we'll see, and we'll, you know, maybe in three to five years, we'll have a rink. It's going to be, we're, we're going to decide on Friday uh, that this rink is, is capable of being remodeled. And if it's not, then it's, let's go design a new facility, make it financially um, appropriate and make it a size that makes sense for our program moving forward and, uh, and, and also design some things into it that makes sense for the university and to use it uh, in ways that, you know, is a multi-use, multi-sport facility. Uh, so then if you're starting from scratch, mm -hmm. what would you say – and I get it. The longer it takes for you to start, the longer, the harder it right. gets to, to do. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you had your druthers, how many seats are, would be ideal for your program? <sighs> Whether you remodel or put up. Right. I think a sold out max building, you know, not that we're going to get it every night would be right. 3,500. Okay. Um, ideally you're pulling 25 to 3,000. 16 times a year, 18 times a year, whatever it may be. Right. Um, but to give us room, you know, for nights that Anchorage wants to show up for a college hockey game, I think, and, and also if you, if you run the numbers uh, financially for us and to meet our budget needs, uh, selling out at 3,500 people is what we need to be at to, you know, become a, a, a college hockey team that's self-sustaining and making money. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, if it's a 2,500-seat arena and we're packing it every night and people are going bonkers and it's a tough ticket to, to find, that, that's not the worst thing in the world either. Oh, have you, have you we'll, had – We'll just cut back on sticks <laughs> on the guys. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you went back to old wooden sticks, by the way, yeah. this is how old yeah. I am, they don't break yeah. as much. So uh, I don't I don't care. Uh, you know, it's like it's – like, I admit it. I am old. I had cohos when I was a kid yes. growing up playing roller hockey and so forth and so on. And everybody that listens to this on a regular basis knows that I'm old. Um, <laughs> uh, just have, have you had people come to you and say, Hey, you're going to get them to come up here. You're going to get these guys to come up here. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you kind of have your old, the, the crowd of the WCHA days of, you know, back in the glory days of the Minnesota, North Dakota, Denver's, uh, you know, those bigger Wisconsin, 
you know, the, the glory WCHA days of, are you going to be able to sneak any of them up? No, it's, you know, are you going to get any NCHC and big 10 teams up? Um, and it's, you know, that's the goal and to fulfill those, you know, some of the groups that gave some pretty significant money uh, to the save the seawolves program, they would love to see some of those bigger schools come up and play us, but um, they just have to understand of the, the, you know, it's going to take time, but yeah. you are going to get maybe one or two of those a year to sneak in because they want those two games exempt and they want to head back sure. to their building and, and host some big dogs back there. But um, yeah, it, I do. Long story short, yes, people are asking me to sneak on some <laughs> some big big dog teams, and I just tell them, you know, we'll take what we can get here early on, but we are going to play some quality hockey teams up here very quickly. Okay, Coach, uh, last one for you. I know we kept you longer than uh, than I promised, but um, I want to throw this out there. We, we know that you're opening at Colorado College, correct? Right, that's right. Uh, we know that uh, UNLV is coming up there the 14th and 15th of October. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to give out the whole schedule, but can you give us one team, uh, one big name team that's coming to see you that maybe we don't know about, or can't we do that yet? <laughs> um, well, I got that's the reporter the, in me, coach. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, for, for next year, I mean, it's again, it's it is limited for who's going to come play us, but we do have two teams on the line, two teams from out east uh, that are coming to play us. But you know, obviously you already know of the Arizona state coming up to play us and that's going to be in March. So um, they've, they've been kind enough to, to jump on our schedule at the end of the year. And again, they have that big, beautiful building going up that they can take those two games home with them and, and fill that up playing somebody. Hey, they, they made great use of one of those games tonight by beating Northeastern out there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> by awesome. going to going to Fairbanks. So I'm sure they'll be happy about that. But a t- a Tuesday uh, night game is <laughs> and a six two win against a top ten team or top fifteen team can't beat that, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And so, and I've been and I've been kind of told by my uh, the higher ups of. Until that contract signed, be quiet. Yeah, no, I yeah. totally get that. I, I totally understand yeah. that. Well, so. yeah. well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm working my travel schedule because I would love to see uh, that series mm-hmm. with UNLV in October. Paul thinks that's when he wants to go, but now we're sending right. Paul sometime in February, maybe. Yeah, yeah, late I January, uh, <laughs> mid January against Fairbanks. Maybe <laughs> maybe a home and home, so you get a little bit of taste of each. Well, if you play them in October, you got. I, I'm in. I just, yeah. you know. No, he listen. said mid. He said mid January, Paul. It's, it's uh, only gonna be minus minus thirty five, minus forty in Fairbanks. It's, it's a yeah. warm time of year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you, saw, you saw what happened to RPI when it up there went up there for ten days. Well, listen, yeah. I get that. First of all, good for them for doing that. Yeah, it is. That's amazing. Okay, for the and and they 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 took that you know they 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 put their money where their mouth is so to speak mm-hmm. and and said hey we want to support as many teams in college hockey as we can and they went yeah. up there and did that and good for them and, and if yeah if you look at the weather while they were up here for those those ten days it did not get above minus thirty for oh. ten days. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that. Oh. I heard the stories about that. That was uh, oh. that was something else, but a lot better in Anchorage, right? I mean, it's a much better city on the yeah, it's on, tro- on it's the water down here. Yeah, <laughs> Coast, coastal city. Coach, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, we'll be in touch because uh, let's let's announce it again right now. You guys yep. and Fairbanks are now officially on our uh, 
on our coverage area for next year. So it's now college hockey West. Yeah, right. no, you're deep, just whatever. Um, <laughs> I love it. You're going to get into names. I get confused. Um, coach, by the way, uh, because I read it wrong, I, I I apologize. I thought your son signed to play with you guys. Oh, no. Uh, he just signed. Oh, no problem. So I kind of yeah. screwed that up, but congratulations <laughs> to you and him. Yeah, and, thank you. And Mrs. Shasby. I mean, she's got to get some credit here, too. Yeah, um, she was uh, she was the she was the biggest proponent of uh, father son uh, college hockey. So yeah, no, I get it. So I, I just I wanted to apologize for my mistake. <laughs> or I should say uh, opponent. She did not want it to happen. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Mom usually wins. That's yeah, all I'm you, saying. Yeah, you don't want to have that. Just ask Scott Sandel and how things are going for him and Ryan with uh, Ryan right. at Minnesota State. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 he's got a pretty good hockey team to play on. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, thanks again for joining us. We'll be in touch again. I, I always appreciate when you uh, you take my text and respond. So um, thanks again. We will talk to you uh, very, very soon. Thanks, okay, coach. thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, that's head coach of Alaska Anchorage Seawolves, Matt Chasby, joining us tonight. Paul and I will be right back in about three minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. 
ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. As you plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Um, Paul, we're going to quickly jump into this one because we're running a little late. I, I pulled the Brian Blessing today in honor of uh, uh, the uh, great broadcaster from Buffalo and right. Vegas that passed away. But I stacked all the ads at the end just to try to squeeze them in because uh, when you have a coach uh, waiting online, I, I – I think it's very disrespectful to put ads out in front of them, so I don't. I bring them on, uh, get the interview going. His time is valuable. Um, when they spend it with us, uh, we certainly appreciate it. So that's why we stack the ads in the end. Yeah, but it, it, listen, that's fine. I mean, uh, that's that's the stuff that people want to hear. They want to hear the coach. I, I, I the the thing about uh, having Coach Shaz be on uh, is um, this is giving us a chance to, to look under the hood of how programs get built and how things get started in a way we haven't had before. Yeah, this is, I mean, I guess we, yeah, we really haven't. Uh, because, ASU, because ASU been, was underway by the time we got going. but Right, but, he, but he's been very open with us. Yeah, and, probably and get, too open. <laughs> probably, I mean, um, you know, but anybody that's, that that's listening to us is is pulling for them anyway because they want to see college hockey grow, and this is how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's okay. he's a great voice because, as you said, he's building a program. He can tell the San Diego's, the Oregon's, the even the UNLV's. This is what you need to do. Um, there's no secret. UNLV's going up there to try to prove uh, to their administration that a excuse me that a they can compete. And right. B, that they uh, they can make a program worthy of uh, NCAA accredi accreditation. So uh, we want to see that. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly what I heard. As I told him on the show, he's always great in responding to me whenever I ask, and I know he's a very busy man. And he he leaked out the announcement that he's going to have a third coach coming on. I, I heard the name. I'm not going to say it because I'll let him do the announcement on it. But um, uh, it, it's a good, it's a really good get for him and a good fit for him too. I think so. Uh, we'll wait for that on Thursday. He also uh, told us a little bit about that that feasibility study, if you will, about the building. Right. Um, well, he did. Like I said, he did an interview. Yeah. And so, and and in that interview, it said in a couple of weeks he was going to do that. And that interview was from early January. Oh, what, what? See, I again, I can't even keep track of time. I've been hanging around you too much. Can't keep track of time. Um, but um, yeah. So they're in the middle of that and. We all so, know that. So that's, third coach on Thursday, building on Friday. Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, so we all know that 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 is the key factor in making your program a plus program in an athletic administration. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And uh, we did touch on the fact of Alex Gomez. I think he's a great kid from Parker, Colorado, plays for the uh, New Mexico Ice Wolves. Um, and then also Carson Costa, but who's already there taking his right. uh, spring semester uh, there. So he's no longer with the Sun Devil program. He's up right. there. Um, quick wrap up. Uh, Sun Devils win in Northeastern. That was a huge win for him. I don't know what it's going to do in the pairwise. Uh, it, uh, it, it's got to help. Um, well, it's certainly not going to hurt. That is for darn sure. But it needs uh, to help. <laughs> well, right now they so they went from so right now they're twenty eight. I don't know where they were when the start of the, when the day started, but twenty eight were they? Because that's what we put out the pairwise. They were twenty eight. It's uh, very very close. It's all yeah. Uh, it's all right. I mean, you know. But here's the problem, Paul. Here's the problem that I see. Winning. You got to well, keep we, winning. We know. We but know here's the thing. There's it, very you got RIT next. Right. I know, but you got RIT next, right? right? There's not money other than being on the road. There's not many value points there. Well, that that is the value. Is, I is know, but I road. mean, there's not enough to take you leaps and bounds up the pairwise or whatever well, you want listen, to call what it. You have to, what you have to hope for is that Lowell keeps winning, right? Because that improves your pairwise, right? You. Uh, and it wouldn't know, hurt if Cornell keep doing what they did Cornell last weekend, can, yeah, which, which I don't <laughs> understand at all. But the, and uh, that here, this is the thing. This really hurt ASU this Boston U series in my estimation because when Cornell goes to North Dakota and sweeps them, and I know they were shorthanded, and I know guys were just just not focused because of uh, the Olympics. Jake Sanderson now uh, announcing he's going to go play. Um, yeah, but you still got to play the games, right? But uh, imagine if ASU had, had won both games at Boston and oh, Cornell yeah, had won. Yeah, or even won. Um, that would have been big steps. But now you've got the likes of uh, uh, Alaska Fairbanks twice, LIU twice, uh, RIT, and then you got uh, Minnesota State. So you're running out of games. I mean, you still have a chance to get 10 more wins like I think you need, but that might not even be enough this that year. It might not. We're going to find out. It I might mean, not honestly, be enough. It, it is. Unfortunately, it is what it is. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to find out. They're going to have to keep winning. They, they don't have – they don't have a lot of room for error. And that's just the way it is. You know, unfortunately, had they won one of those two games this weekend, they'd be a lot. They'd be right there. 
Well, they'd they be a lot been, better. They, they'd have been well, in the low I, 20s, probably, 23, 24. Well, they would have been 20. I changed one of the numbers, and they would have been 20, and they would have been right there, right behind Providence and Northeastern. So That hurts. That um, really well, hurts. Well, like I said, what it does is uh, you, it just it gives you very little margin for error. And the way you beat Devin Levi tonight, you have to try and go up to Mankato and, and take one of those games. Um against the Mavericks uh, who are number one in the pairwise. And I assume... That, that would be a big, big uh, feather in their cap. Yes. But let, let's be honest. Um, nothing against uh, Levi, but he is not McKay. Um, nobody is McKay. I mean, he's got numbers that no, nobody no, would I, touch I, again I get that. In I totally hockey. understand that. I'm not... I, I'm not. I, I also I told think you that, that I think that he's the best goalie in college hockey right now. I, I'll, Jack but I also left or not. But I also think that uh, in addition, uh, that roster at Minnesota State is just is just a gauntlet. Uh, it's not just the goaltender; it's all the way through offense and defense. They are just rocking and rolling. I understand, but you know what? The Northeastern is top ten team. Okay. And yeah, that's that's sketchy. That's sketchy. They're not well, Minnesota. Well, they haven't played the no, same the schedule that Minnesota State's played. No, but once again, you know what ASU did do tonight that they haven't done for a while? Get a couple Shot of the power puck. play goals. Well, that too. <laughs> okay, got a couple of power play goals. Yeah, that and that's the power, by the way, North the power play looked good against a really good penalty kill unit. Yeah, especially a t- uh, if, if the announcers on the stream were correct, Northeastern hadn't given up a power play goal in like two months. Oh, 92%. They were clicking that on the kill. That's so, uh, that's pretty impressive. And it doesn't hurt if you get a five-on-three, and it doesn't hurt if you score in the five-on-three. No, and they, like I said, they got a a, a five-on-four power play goal, too, on a, on a really, really uh, tremendous, some tremendous shots tonight. They said they shot the puck with traffic in front, screens in front, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're not trying to be perfect. We just threw the puck at the net, you know. And, and they shot it from inside the dots. That, that's going to be something that's going to come down the stretch. You heard Coach Mayotte talk about it. I've heard uh, Coach uh, Carl talk about it. Uh, you you got to shoot from inside the dots because it gives you so, the, the percentages go so much higher inside the dots. And if you have uh, traffic in front, it's even better. And the big thing is it doesn't set the other team up usually for an odd man rush. And that's what's been killing ASU is the odd man rushes. It happened a couple of times tonight, but luckily they didn't get scored on. Well, you know, they, 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 they did have, you know, they got a good effort at a, at a Ben cross, a really good effort. Um, and he came up with some big saves at key moments and, and you go from there. I, 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 they have an ASU officially listed for 25 shots in the first period. Uh, okay. Uh, I didn't think they got that many, but um, just the fact that it was close to that number. Is, yeah, well, they had almost 50 for the night, didn't they? Uh, officially, they had 46 shots. Yeah, almost 50 for the night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was impressive. Okay, uh, quickly for the weekend coming up, uh, Arizona State, as we mentioned, will be at RIT. Um Denver will be hosting St. Cloud State. I'll be there Saturday night. Uh, Friday night, Western Michigan and, and uh, Colorado College are doing battle uh, in uh, Ed Robeson Arena. I'll be there Friday night. And uh, and then next week, 
San Diego State comes to Denver, Paul, uh, <laughs> over the weekend and the first part of the week. So I'll get a chance to see the first look I've had at San Diego State in a number of years. And as they start to make their push, it'll be fun to see what they do. So I'm going to go out and do a little feature on them when they play at uh, DU against the D2 team from ACHA. So uh, also the Falcons. Air Force uh, is going to get a chance to uh, host the game. Yeah, <laughs> finally host the game and, and maybe get a couple of wins against Niagara. At least that's the plan, uh, I think, from Coach Territory. So uh, we'll keep tabs on that as well. We try to watch right. them all. We get full weekend coming up again for the first time in a few weeks. Yeah, and then it just keeps rolling, Paul, all the way until uh, the first, second week of April. So, okay, my friend, take it away. College Hockey Southwest Weekly from the Summer Skates Studios has been brought to you by Burrito Express, our family recipes to your table, the place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. Top Golf, our one-of-kind experiences bring your gathering to another level. Go to topgolf.com and plan your outing today. Peterson Toyota, serving the Fort Collins, Loveland, and Windsor area since 1968 at 4455 South College Avenue at Fort Collins or petersontoyota.com. Metro by T-Mobile, get 5G access with every Metro plan at no extra cost. The NCHC and NCHC.TV, history, blue bloods, upstarts, the NCHC has it, and NCHC.TV has you covered. Go to NCHC.TV and subscribe. Black Bear Diners, whether it's our Friday fish fry or the prime rib specials on Friday and Saturday nights, you'll always feel like you're at home. Find your location at blackbeardiner.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey Professional Atmosphere and a world-class education. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, an iconic vacation awaits you no matter which Caesars Resort you make your destination. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, come and get our slow smoked ribs or pulled pork or any of our award-winning tastes at all Allegiant Stadium events or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. And by M-Drive, refine your drive and don't let age beat you. Go to mdriveformen.com and get started today. College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on a TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Our thanks again to the head coach at Alaska Anchorage, the Sea Wolves, Matt Chasby, for joining us tonight. Paul and I will be back on Sunday night to uh, do College Hockey Southwest Live. Hopefully we're talking about uh, a bunch of wins for the teams in our coverage area. That's always fun when everybody wins. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll hope for that. Tomorrow night, Stephen and I have a great uh, guest on our ACHA show, which has a new name. It's going to have a new name tomorrow, so you want to listen for that. Uh, it's no I longer Club that, Hockey Southwest Weekly because I hate the word club. Uh, so none of these teams I gotta are club. record something else. Can you wait till next week? Yeah, no. None of these teams, none of these are club. Uh, we're we're getting away from club. Uh, I, so I anyway, that, but <laughs> I recorded it that way already. I know. Well, don't worry about the recording, folks. It's going to be a new name. It's going to be announced tomorrow. We'll start it next week, but uh, we'll announce it tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, we've got the head coach from Oregon. Uh, Riley Orr joining us. They just had an outdoor game. They had sold out games. Uh, Oregon is on the map, folks. 
Uh, we'll look forward to talking to Riley and find out about his team and his program tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, all of our podcasts live on Podbean, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, Sunday through Wednesday. Good night, everybody. Good night.